Rest and recovery for a warrior is to go to work. Man, that is powerful. Making humans better. That's right, it is making humans better. I am the Rick Diamond, accompanied by Evan Derb. As always, how's it going today, Evan? It's going awesome. I can't complain one bit. We have a blizzard outside today. Negative 70. No, it's actually really hot, but it's still perfect. I couldn't ask for a better day and a better life. Well, we're Hasht- talking... Yeah, hashtag, hashtag what? Blessed and highly favored. Hashtag blessed and highly favored. Doubling up on that one. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Evan, we're talking about macros today. Love it. And uh, your body gets blessed when you when you follow this diet, right? Yeah, you, you're, it's much easier to hashtag bless up when you're hashtag fed up. When you get fed up with the way your body looks and acts and feels, we get you fed up right. How to track them max. Now macros. Did what you know are what, they? Yeah, did you know what macros macro macros were before you started? No, I heard Lauren talking about it, I guess, to a, a boot camp before I, I knew, you know, right when I started. And uh, I'm like, what is she talking about? She says you can eat donuts and stuff, and I asked Paul about it, he didn't know. I asked Michael about it, he didn't know. So no, I think macros are pretty new to, to pretty much all of us. So, I mean, uh, they said they would get it to me, and about that time, we started doing paleo, so it wasn't until much later, much later, around Festivus Games, when Brian and Sarah Warren introduced macros to me that I understood what it was, which is April 23rd. Okay, yeah, and Brian and Sarah Warren, great resource for that. They love tracking macros. Uh, They've seen awesome results. You guys got to see how great these folks look, but they also own... Um, Gibson's Natural Grocer in town, which for those of you guys who are in maybe my age bracket and older, remember when Whole Foods first came out uh, a hot minute ago, back when TLC was a band and uh, groups like Tool and Van Halen and uh, Pearl Jam and Nirvana were around. They used actual instruments and it didn't have auto-tune. But when Whole Foods first came out, it's cool now, but when you used to go in, there was no other grocery like that. I, I feel that like their grocery has really captured a lot of that original, awesome, like, cool essence that Whole Foods had. And, I, and they've specifically stocked high-quality foods in there with, with that are easy to track for macros, and we love that. Yeah, it's all natural, all organic, too. And uh, sometimes you don't need that on macros, though. Macros isn't necessarily eating healthy, right? Man, that's a can of worms to ask a question like that. But all, in effect, all macronutrient tracking is is figuring out your body's budget. And uh, unlike the federal government, there's no budget ceiling we can raise on our body. So we need to have a specific job the body's going to accomplish. For most folks that are doing this, at least in our purview, they are losing body fat. But... For our competitive athletes or people who want to move up weight class or gain additional strength or performance, they're going to be eating more because they are doing more work. Um, There's four macros. Do you know what they are? Protein, carbs, fat, and ethanol. Ethanol, which is also known as what? Alcohol, right? Yes. So where in years past, when you're tracking your macros, tracking your macronutrient intake... 
How many grams of protein, fat, and carbs were you getting? Most people shied away, at least in the bodybuilding world, in the figure competition world of alcohol. They said, don't do the alcohol, man. It'll make you, it's going to make your boobs grow and you're not going to look good and, and all these different things. But then I remember watching Pump and Iron with Arnold. <laughs> he said, milk is for babies. I drink beer. I love the way we use Take Eating Back, which we're incorporating into the Better Human app. We incorporate a metric to track alcohol. So what we do is assign a value to each macronutrient. One gram of protein, one gram of fat, one gram of carbohydrate, and one gram of alcohol each correspond to a different caloric value because of their energy density. Protein, I think probably one of the most important, uh, especially for anybody doing athletic activities. Shoot, I'm going to go out and say it's the most important. It's probably the least utilized by female populations and men at first when they start working out, unless they played football or did powerlifting. Four grams or one gram of protein equals four calories. One gram of fat equals nine calories. One gram of carbohydrates equals four calories. So protein and carbs both equal four. Fat equals nine calories per gram. And then alcohol is seven calories per gram. But we track that a little differently with our system. So it's really cool. And you guys hear this? That is 19 grams of carbohydrate from Bombay Sapphire. And man, you wouldn't believe me if I told you how well you can fit that into your daily food intake and still have visible abs. And that's alcohol, obviously. For those who don't know what Bombay Sapphire is, that's yes. drinking alcohol and you are one of the most fit people in Louisiana. Shoot. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think you probably are. I don't know that, and you don't know that. We don't have a Louisiana leaderboard, but I think you're probably up there. Right? Uh, man, I I would be lying if I said yes. There are people that are much fitter than me, but for the lifestyle that I'm able to live, where I can have an alcoholic drink and then still hit a double bodyweight back squat and snatch almost you know, one and 1.3 times body weight, and still run a six, seven mile at 36 years old. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm not the fittest in Louisiana, but I'm fit enough to do everything I need to do. And that's, that's my goal. I'm not trying to win a competition or be a bodybuilder. Yeah. Now I feel like people listening who haven't been already exposed to this, think this is super hard and we're using all these terms that they don't understand. Hey, I thought I wasn't supposed to have carbs. There's so many questions out there. So let's go to the very beginning. What do they do? They go online to get their numbers, right? Tell them how to do that. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple different methods. They can go to uh, Take Eating Back on Facebook. But, man, I'm telling you guys, if you guys want to get started on this, message Rick Diamond or I, and we'll get you hooked up with it. But the app that's coming out, our Better Human app, we're incorporating this entire system into the app. It's one-stop shop. You pull up your thing your app and it's going to be, you'll be able to take pictures of the stuff you're eating and it's going to calculate a rough estimation of your macros. You're going to be able to put your weight in there, track your workouts. That's the direction I would honestly go. And it's, that's going hot in 13 days. So if you guys want to get started before then, because I know you guys are animals and you're ready to get rock and rolling and you can't wait to be awesome, then get in touch with, with Rick or I, and we will hook you up. Now there's a couple different resources you can use. Some people have talked about if it fits your macros, um, 
I know there's some, like there's a bunch of other sites. The take eating back method I have found personally to be the most accurate for the most people that I've used it on. Now, if you guys do have a more accurate one, I want to know about it because I want to be using the most up-to-date info. But I've seen with other systems, they there's always one ratio that's off and it never quite works out right. Um, but this is not as difficult as people think. You know what's difficult, Rick? What? What's difficult is spending 15 years not eating correctly and just kind of winging it and not asking these hard questions. What do, uh, do I have to weigh and measure? Uh, why do I need to track this stuff? What do I, what does this even mean? And you just live how you want to live and you go to the doctor and they, you get your liver function test lab value back. You get your, your complete metabolic panel back and your blood pressure's up. And then your doctor's asking you questions like, well, have you thought about cutting down your sodium intake? What's your plan to lose these 50 pounds? You go 50 pounds. I remember 15 years ago, where'd this 15 pounds come from? And this stuff creeps up on us, but I analogize tracking your macros to having a budget. So every, every good company has a budget. Every family should have a budget. Uh, the government technically has a budget, but it's I guess it's more written in pencil, children's crayon, if anything else. So we need to know where our resources are going to go so they can do the most good. And a lot of the pushback I've gotten, and, and you've probably seen this too, maybe even with yourself from certain clients and even into question, we'll ask questions to delay taking action on it. This is not complicated. If I can do it and my wife can do it with as busy as we are, Anybody can do it. And we've had people make excellent strides. So you just were telling me earlier, Rick, about some of your uh, your successes you've had. You have some visible abs now? Yes. And upper, obviously lower takes longer to get. Yeah. Um, now, I'm still working on uh, the lower part, but I started counting macros, switched from paleo, just straight paleo, not counting anything, just eating whatever as long as it was paleo to uh, counting my macros on April 23rd of 2017. In the year of our Lord. Right, absolutely. And now, in the year of our Lord, I've got abs like Jesus coming up before December. Before, you got to lift. for the next one, yeah. you got to do some carpentry and lift some crosses for that. Sir. Yes, well. Maybe one day. You can't be hashtag swole like Christ. Does Rustin Movers LLC have any crosses I can move? For a price, there's anything <laughs> Rustin Movers LLC okay. will move and, and offer you to do. But yeah, so this is a guy sitting across from me who's lost 100, over 115 pounds around a year, a little over, right? A little under. A little yeah. under a year, 115 pounds, and going from being, if I can say this, morbidly obese yes. to being able to see a two-pack. Right. Now, he may not have thug life tattooed on his stomach yet, but instead will, of saying- don't worry. Yeah, but he can't say- I see no changes. He can say, I see changes in my abs and they're awesome. And that to me is freaking cool. So how much actual work do you say you're doing to track your macros? Just to track my macros? I don't do hardly any work because yeah. I eat the same thing every day and yeah. I already know what they are. So I, I know I'm hitting them every day just by eating the same exact thing. So you said you created a habit that's worth more yeah. than uh, feeling comfortable. So what I'm asking is... if you out there listening, he's saying, I eat the same thing every day. But what he's really saying is my health, fitness, and wellness is more important than having a cookie because it's in the office. It's more important than stopping to get a candy bar because my blood sugar is low because I didn't plan my day out correctly. It's not. He's not blaming his kids or his coworkers for 
quote, not being able to get my meals together, end quote, while he spends four hours a day surfing social media or watching television, which a lot of us do. So I know we're talking about diet here, but I want us to be very aware of our own, how authentic we are with what we want. If you really care about your life and you care about being the best, social media is, yeah, it's going to have a dopamine drip that's going to make your brain light up. And it's addictive. That's why the first thing a lot of people do is get up in the morning and check their phones. But checking that phone for social media updates is not going to actually help advance your life. Unless you were a digital media marketer, which I'm sure there might be one listening. But brother and sister, I bet you it's not really the case for most of us. Well, see, I'm kind of a different case than most people would be. Because you're absolutely right with what you said. You know, you don't stop and go get candy or whatever. But I ate the same thing every day, even when I was eating terribly every day. I would eat at the same fast food place twice, three times a day. I'd eat the same box of cookies every day. You know, I would, it would be a routine for me. Yeah. Uh, and I was addicted to that routine. And now I've just carried that, uh, that part of my life into this new healthy part of my life. So yeah. most people who eat terribly don't eat the same thing every day. So it may be a little harder for them to transition to eating healthy and eating the same thing every day. You know, I think you raise a great point. Uh, You say it may be harder. That may be is the most important qualifier. Something that you undertake to do is only hard if you say it's hard. If you reinforce that something is difficult and hard a thousand times in your head, it becomes that truth. So... I guess the most important gift I want to give everybody that hears this ever, because God only knows if this goes out in space and some alien picks it up, your mind is in control of how you perceive things. And whether that's getting cancer, the death of a loved one, the loss of a limb, uh, an injury that ends a career, or loss of a job, it's only bad if you ascribe that meaning to it. Oftentimes, the hardship you're currently facing or you think you're going to face, what a wonderful first world problem to face that, I quote, I am too fat and now I have to track what I eat to lose weight. I can't believe all my life. Oh, woe is me. What a great problem to have. I, man, I couldn't think of a better problem to have to solve because it really is easy. It's willpower. Say, I care about myself. I care about my family and my kids, my wife and whoever, my future wife, future husband, whatever you're whatever you got going on. But the eating the same thing every day, I think a lot of people actually do, man. They Maybe they do. I don't know. If I was going to go to a fast food restaurant, I'll tell you exactly what I would get. I would go to Wendy's. I would get a triple Baconator. Um, I would say no mayonnaise and I want large fries. And then I would get the large Diet Coke because in my mind, it makes you feel better about ordering that. And then uh, I might want to run a Dairy Queen afterwards. Or if I go to Portico, I'm going to get those purple onion rings because they're killer. Mm. I'm I'm gonna eat. I I we all I think we kind of do the same things. But this whole purpose of this is it quantifies what you're eating. So if you do want to have Dairy Queen, you can fit it in. Now you might be eating tuna fish, or you know Applegate turkey, or protein powder for the rest of the day, and then fish oil to finish up your fats. But you can still eat those things. You have a food budget in terms of caloric intake and grams that you can fit into your budget, and it's I think it's really cool. It's, it's been one of the most eye-opening things. And if you want to eat paleo or you're gluten-free or a vegan or vegetarian, you can do that too. 
Yeah, I think uh, roly poly is the best way to hack your macros because hack roll your macros. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a lot easier to to do that than than try to do your macros on Subway. It's unbelievable. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but for basically the same thing, and uh, you're getting so many less or so much a better ratio on your macros yeah. with roly poly than you would with Subway. So uh, just an incredible uh, hack there is to go to roly-poly. I, I love roly-poly. Now, I do know this because I, I get it. <coughs> Excuse me. I get it pretty often. The uh, California turkey wrap at roly-poly is 656 calories. It's 6 grams of carbs, 24 grams of fat, and 42 grams of protein. That is one of my favorites. It's got Brussels sprouts in it. It's got this little sweet ranch dressing, some bacon, uh, I, I love roly-poly, and they deliver till 2 p.m. in Ruston. <laughs> and, uh, man, it's, it's killer. The delivery guy, when I went in there today, because I usually go and pick it up, but he knows me from just seeing me at CrossFit because he delivers there so often. I know you, fam. Uh, You're yeah. the sandwich dude. <laughs> he had just come back from delivering to you and Lauren while I was in roly-poly, and uh, he asked me what he was going to have to go next. What, 15, 20 minutes, he'd probably be back at CrossFit delivering again. Yeah, I love... I love roly-poly. But the cool thing about this, with the way people ask about tracking macros, and if you talk to a nutritionist who are very well educated and they're great folks, they're going to say, oh, you got to weigh and measure. But I want everyone, I want every single person listening to understand this concept. The perfect is the enemy of the good. So if I can get 88-0% congruence for my macronutrient intake by eyeballing it, that's a win versus, oh, pff, don't have a scale, let's not do it. And uh, there's a way you can use your hand. So you guys can't see it, but you'll listen. The palm of my hand, without my fingers, from base of my wrist to my fingertips, is six to eight ounces. My thumb, from the base of the thumb to the tip, two ounces. The entire fingertips around the bottom of the wrist is eight to ten ounces. What if you have extremely large hands, though? That's why I give a range. So unless you are Yao Ming and you're playing what what whatever whatever golf team he plays for. <laughs> Yao uh, Ming plays golf? No. Um but with most people, you can look at your hand and eyeball it, and it's pretty daggum accurate. Okay. So I, I utilize that a lot. Now when I do say for instance when I fix this, it's two ounces of lime juice, seven ounces of ice, seven ounces of diet. Sprite, Sprite Zero, and then four ounces of Bombay Sapphire. I'm using a measuring cup. However, for most other things, as if I'm going to track the thing that, that could potentially cause me to, to stumble, which would be tracking alcohol, I'm going to use the most accurate measurements possible. But if it's like, well, I'm going to do protein, I'm going to track that less accurately because usually we are protein deficient. And that's one of the the big issues I see among, I'd say 80 to 90% of people tracking macros is they're under on their protein. Yeah, yeah. Under on the protein, over on the uh, the carbs and fat is usually what we see. Well, actually, under on the carbs too, but always, almost always over on the fat. So that's my next thing. Once they get their numbers, what do they eat? It's, up to, it's, it's really up to them. So this is another instance where people will make they create problems before they occur. And that's a whole other podcast to talk about this. But 
I would rather every person just jump in and start doing it and screw it up completely than to never take action at all because they want perfect conditions. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that we've all done in our life, has it ever been perfect? Anything you've ever done that's been successful, has it been perfect? Ever? Uh, no. Anything in your life ever been perfect? No. Anything? Nothing? I mean, okay, Dude, to be no. honest with you, yeah. when I started macros, I've, I've hit... And this is the range you're supposed to get in between five grams under or five grams over. That five gram range, if you're one over, I count that as a cheat day, right? Even just one gram over or under that five gram range, I'm counting as a cheat day because that's how serious I take this. Yeah. Uh, I haven't missed a day since I started from miscalculating. On day one, I was spot on. Day two, spot on. And from today, still spot on. Unless I've counted that as one cheat day per week, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's been pretty easy for me, and it's hard for me to understand where these people are coming from when they can't hit them unless they're just being lazy. No, I, I think that's tricky to call people that don't. People that don't have the same skill set that you or I do to call someone like that lazy, I think is doing them a disservice. We dismiss their efforts. Mm -hmm. What I look for is I hear people talk about placebo effect. You ever heard about that? No. The placebo effect. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. My bad. Yes. Absolutely. What's your first, what's your first impression when you hear placebo effect? What what do I think of? Yeah. If I'm like, Oh, take this pill. It's got, you know, it's placebo effect. Yeah. You're like, Oh, you think it's bullshit, right? Right. Okay. Placebo effect. And, Many studies have been corroborated as being 80% as effective as the actual medicated dose. Yeah. Do you still think that's BS? No, I mean, I think if you, I think the mind is very powerful, and if you think something is going to work, it's going to work. So, uh, now, with, I wouldn't call those people lazy. I expect, whenever I expect anybody to do anything, at first, I always expect it to be terrible. Anybody that's ever had kids, you see your kids color pictures and you're like, that's so good. And then after a while, they, in a day, they're sitting at home, you're calling pictures with them and like, they're never in the lines. And then, you know, that buddy's face is supposed to be purple and like no Elsa's head can't be black because uh-huh. we can't see anything on her face. It looks like she, this is some horror movie now yeah. and it's the ring. But over time, you know, what I, what we're supposed to do as coaches and mentors to these folks is I go, okay watch daddy color and I want you to do what I do and then I'll do it. She'll watch me and then I'll grab her hand and my daughters slowly color and then show her, show her how to color, stay in the lines. And one of my daughters has a syntax error with saying her, her is sick and I have to go, she, her mm-hmm. is possessive. And then she doesn't, what does that mean? We have to explain that concept in a way that a four year old can understand. But I don't think anybody that is not doing this right is lazy. They just haven't, you need infinite patience. When somebody does something new, we're always terrified. Yeah. When you start CrossFit, where you're like, this is awesome, everything's great. You had to overcome a ton of internal and external resistance, right? I was all in. so not, yeah. But I know what most people do. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But you'd made, you'd made the decision at some point, but not everybody's wired like that. I know, and that's what I have to realize as yes. well. Hey, I'm, I'm different than the average person apparently because uh once i commit to something it's it's 100 percent, yeah and i usually don't have issues with it after that see i love that mindset man and not everybody's wired like that and that is that's a beautiful thing because if everybody was wired like that dude imagine the wars we would have be so crazy (laughs) i mean we have dude i don't know 
You'd have germ warfare or something crazy. But And that's a personal issue for me, and that's something that I need to overcome. And I, I've done that with these uh, the, this Troop 23 that we have in boot camp. And when they're doing their macros, being very patient with them, uh, there's always still that little thing in the back of my mind, though. Hey, all you have to do is this. But to me, all you have to do could be a whole lot in their mind. Right. right? Great point, man. And that's I think that's where we need to have this detached empathy with people and understand that especially with the boot campers. Some of these folks are coming from a lifetime of, I get up every morning and I got to drink my Diet Coke, my Diet Dr. Pepper, and then, you know, I always have my sandwich and chips for lunch. And then they'll omit things from their food diary or they have in years past because they're embarrassed by what's on it. What I just want perfect honesty. If you're honest with yourself and you, and you can put that on your radar, you're able to make corrections and that's a beautiful thing. But if you're dishonest with yourself, you're going to be dishonest with us. And then we can't help you fully because we have bad data. Imagine if that's how it worked with your doctor. If you switched out your lab results with somebody that didn't have cancer and yours had cancer and you get your doctor, he's like, everything looks good. <laughs> uh, hold on, doc. That lady's going to die or that guy's going to die because they you are making decisions based off imperfect, imperfect information. Mm-hmm. In the investing world, people get in trouble for doing that. If, you get, if, if I give a prospectus out and has bad information and I have investors or people voting on share how a company is going to operate, it actually becomes a legal liability for me to do that. Yeah, It's the same due diligence to do with our with our macro accounting. And, uh, but no one's going to be perfect when they do it. We just want them to continually improve and get better. So we have our, our body budget, right? Like you yeah. said before, it's not like the government. You can't just change it. But hey, what if my grandma comes into town and, sure. and she makes her macaroni or whatever and I want to eat it, and I go over my numbers. It's a special circumstance. The 4th of July, we just had that's a holiday. That doesn't count, right? I can go over my budget there. It's flexible. Two ways to look at it. Love that question. Way one. Who cares? You can always eat that macaroni salad. What if she dies one day? Dude, get the recipe. Nothing is more important than your mission. And I understand that's going to be a very small percentage of the population. The way two to look at it is, is to go... Actually, there's three ways. Way two is to go, okay, what I need to do is eat around focusing on this meal and eating what I want to eat. So I'm going to stay lean and have some self-discipline and make correct, make great adult decisions so I can get to the place where I can enjoy it. And then the third option, and uh, I'll be honest, this is the way I oftentimes work unless there's something very important coming up. I just don't track that day. Now, I make every conscious attempt to eat carefully and to eat cleanly, and and oftentimes I'll fast for the majority of the day, and when I get to the meal that I want to blow it out on, I'll go ham. But I intentionally go into that space with the objective to not track, but I set myself up for success. The worst thing people can do is go, oh, I screwed up this one day, let me get off it. The analogy I, I love is this. It's like going to the casino, and you... Uh, put $5 on a slot machine and you lose it and you go, oh shucks, let me go to the ATM and pull out my max daily limit every single day and stay here until I'm at a zero balance in my bank account because I, I lost five bucks. Dude, lock in your losses, lock in your gains and step away from the table. Very simple. You just have, you have to have some self-discipline and nobody should care about you more than you. They can't. So if somebody's trying to get you to do something you don't want to do and you're like, uh, I don't want to eat the macaroni, eat the macaroni. I don't want to eat it. Eat the macaroni outside of like your North Korean prison camp and like, you know, best Korea leader has a gun to your head and they're like, pull a trigger, or eat this macaroni. Like 
Dude, you don't have to eat the macaroni. Your grandma won't actually care. Say, Grandma, I love you. I love your macaroni. Box it up for me and let's I'm gonna eat it tomorrow. So it's it the decisions you make, you're not a victim of it. What do you want more? You want to look good and have great lab values and uh feel awesome or like take the short term choice and like make everyone feel better in the in the short term except for you. Because that guilt you feel after you eat the ice cream or the macaroni, that's that's your your brain and your heart are telling you, why did you do that? You don't care about us? You do. Care about them. Hmm. So one cheat day a week, two cheat days a week. Hey, you said don't track that day four cheat days a week. How are we doing this? No, no, no. Okay. I never let somebody do more than one cheat day a week. Perfect. I wouldn't recommend it because if it keeps a cheat day should be just that. And if you look at their seven days in a week and you're only cheating one of them, you're still spending six time in perfect congruence. So it's a six to one ratio. That's, that's a healthy ratio. It's when we start going, it's, it's just this, it's just that. I don't have to do it this day. Dude, you're not doing it. You've changed the method. You're doing your own thing. It's not good. Should I make that, uh, let's say a holiday is this week, uh, July 4th, right? What does that even mean? Okay. Is that my cheat day or, or can I have two cheat days that week because it's a holiday? Do you really feel like you deserve two cheat days just because? I've been working hard, Evan. How hard? I deserve. You've been working harder than me? Yeah. Really? I have. Really? I've been trying. I've got two kids. I, I'm working hard. I got two kids. But but Evan, you don't understand. I'm do. new to this. I'm trying, sure. and I deserve another all, cheat day. All the more reason to double down and make the right decision. So somebody under our care, they're paying us a lot of money, and in contrast, I'm paying my staff great wages to do the best training and giving them outside of the box training, so they have the best biomechanics, best psychology, and for you to go. But, but my kids want birthday cake. Who runs your household? And if you go, oh, I do, then you're choosing to buy the birthday cake or the Johnny's pizza. You're choosing that. And do you really want your kids to grow up to be fat kids? One of the things that blew my mind when I first moved to Ruston and I started training people as a personal trainer and uh, I would train athletes at Ruston High and collegiate athletes as opposed to you know stay-at-home moms and all that. The amount of overweight starting athletes on, on sports teams in the, in the high school setting blow, blew my mind. And it hurt me. I'm like, man, I grew up as a fat kid. And I didn't, I didn't play sports. I ended up running cross country and track. And I graduated high school at 138 pounds because I got so tired of being overweight. Don't do that to your kids. Don't let them. Your kids are going to choose the path of least resistance. To do the best for you and your family, choose the path of most resistance. Care about them. Care about their futures. Care about your future. And nothing tastes as good as looking good naked and having great lab values feels. And I'll, I'll put I'll put my name aside that. Yeah. So what about the different types of macros? Yeah. Right? What what? How about those? There's different types. A lot of people think, oh, you can eat whatever you want. This is not a healthy plan. It's not healthy enough for me. Yeah. Uh, you point. can make it as healthy as you want, right? Yeah. So the number one macro I see most most women missing. I don't know what the guys are doing. I, either they're lying to me or they're just hitting it dead on. But it's protein. They go, I can't eat that much protein. But they never have a problem hitting their fat and carbs. What do you think causes that? Uh, eating, you know, donuts. Too much fat and carbs. Pizza, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. even more basic. So... Hit your protein first. I prioritize my protein as a target. I use a lot of I use a lot of protein powder personally, 
Applegate turkey and a deli turkey. It's got very low fat and uh, no carbs and it's pure protein. It's a very easy way to get it. And if you go, I don't want to eat that. I've met 40-year-old people who say, I don't eat vegetables. What can I do? I don't even know how to answer that question. Like you're 40 years old and you just don't eat vegetables or you're allergic? No. Uh, do they make you sick? No, I just don't like them. I don't really have a soft, hard answer to that. Like make yourself eat some damn vegetables. I, I, I just don't get it. As somebody who's had colon cancer and I ate, I've eaten vegetables and eat vegetables every day, it, uh, it blows my mind that, you know, I don't want to eat. You, you want to. Or, or you want to go to the doctor and get gastric bypass and all that stuff, which never works out well. Yeah, I just here's here's another thing, and I was listening there, but I I couldn't stop thinking about another thing you said about Johnny's Pizza a minute ago, because Johnny's Pizza founder just passed away. Yeah, right. And on that day, I realized not that I didn't see a little bit of it before, but I realized wow everybody's relationship with food is so messed up hmm. because this is a guy that we don't know. Okay. Maybe some people know him. Most people don't know this guy. They're so emotionally attached to him and his food that they're going to go out, not on their cheat day and buy, you know, a large pizza, maybe two for their family to eat and celebrate, um, the, the majestic pizza, the amazing Johnny's pizza for a guy that died that we don't even know and, and ruined their diets for him. I just, that was when it hit me, hey, there's something wrong here. You saw a lot of people doing that? Yeah. No, I kind of, I haven't been on social media much. Yeah, I'm on it all the time, more than yeah. I should be. And so <laughs> that's why I see a lot of that. And, and it was ridiculous how many people went and did that now, I understand. Maybe Do you think they really it. cared? Well, here's my, let me ask you this. Do you think they really cared about the founder of Johnny's Pizza? No. Or they're like, I just want pizza and here's an excuse. That's my point. Okay. They use that as an excuse. Yeah. And they needed an excuse to go and do that. And they try to excuse away, hey, I don't do this all the time. They it's didn't just need an excuse. They wanted an excuse. Remember, yes. we talked about this actually in the staff meeting today about being authentic. Yeah. If you're lying to yourself, you can't tell the truth to other people. Not regularly. So you go, oh, the founder died. Let's go order Johnny's Pizza. Did Johnny's Pizza go, did they liquidate? No. How long do you think the founder, when's the last time you think the founder actually made a pizza? Probably a long time. Right. right. So the, the critical thinking was disconnected because we go, oh, and then think about from an evolutionary biology standpoint, you know, you might go days without eating any food. And now we live in a society where we can sit our fat ass in a car and drive somewhere and like squawk into a phone and then have something delivered to our house where we never even need to get out. I can hit drive through, or I can have them bring it right to my door, and I don't even have to, I can just put on pants to answer and tip the guy. Of course, eating food makes you feel good because hundred thousand years ago, you, you got to kill an animal or like find the right stuff to eat to eat in the woods and it doesn't kill you. Yeah, why wouldn't eating something warm and tasty make you feel better? It's it reinforces I need to make more decisions that bring me here. But now our our diseases are a result of our lack of effort. So the only the only way to combat it is take more effort. Double down on it. Lean into it. Push back. I don't know. Oh, the founder of Johnny's Pizza died. Okay, great. If the founder of Firestone Tires dies, I'm not going to go out and buy a new set of tires. If the founder of um, you know Keller Williams passed away, like we're not going to go out and I'll buy a house. You know, it, 
the guy that invented insulin dies, we're not going to go out and all buy a bunch. It doesn't make sense. So why are we going to just do it for pizza? Yeah, because we totally didn't go get that pizza last week when he was alive. Totally right. didn't do that. I don't. I haven't eaten Johnny's yeah. pizza in a couple of years personally. Yeah. But Well, me either. <laughs> I don't care for it personally, but that's a different topic. Situation one yeah. for most people. Yeah, why, do, why track macros? There's there's four situations. Yeah, let's talk about them sitches. You're lean, but you want to be leaner. Well, that's that's a good problem to have in the grand scheme of things, right? Yeah, well, what is lean? I would say lean is not much body fat. Which which is what? A low body fat percentage? I don't know. What are you, what are you getting at? What percentage? Probably, I'd say under 15. Yeah, for lean. males or females. For, well, females are going to have more. Yes. So I'd say they have to. under 15 for males yep. and under 17 or 18 for Yeah, that's for pretty, pretty dang close, man. Yeah, yeah, right. So you're lean, but you want to be leaner. So you're, you're, you've got some cuts, but you want to slice. So that's, that's a good place to start. But also, if you're morbidly obese, that's also a scenario that would be scenario zero. At, start doing it now because... You have a relationship with food that needs to be corrected, and the best time to start was 10 years ago. The next best time to start is right the F now. Honestly, though, if I can cut you off for a minute, if they're morbidly obese, I don't think this is the diet for you. I think you should be starting on paleo, breaking that food addiction completely, and then working back in these cheats that you can have in your macro diet. Yeah, now, with tracking macros, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and it's the one I hate... When we go, oh, you can just eat Pop-Tarts and like handfuls of Skittles. Look, guys, I can't think of one person that would say that's the right choice. Yeah, you can occasionally do that, but you can have paleo and track macros. People who are addicted to food will do that, though, because they can. And my point is maybe it's better to just start with strict paleo rather than tell them, hey, you can have a donut here and there because let's be honest, instead of one a day, they're going to have three or four. Right, and that's that's knowing your client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the whole concept of like it's my genetics that the subset of the population that actually suffers from a genetic disorder that will cause them to retain uh, morbid levels of adipose tissue is so minuscule that when I hear folks say that, I'm like, I would just like to watch what you eat for two days. You can't fake that shit for two days. So it's not your genetics keeping you fat. If you're 400 pounds, it's not your genes. No. That's a choice. Let's get back to what you were talking about. Lean, but want to be leaner. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think it's most people. You you got a little muffin top. You know, you don't, your pants don't fit quite as right. So it's just get yourself on a damn budget. Get that zero balance budget going. Make sure you know what your protein, fat, carb intake is. Modifying your alcohol coefficient correctly. And then eating accordingly and no more, but no less. You know, there's a metabolic set point. A lot of people, when they start exercise, a lot they'll or they'll start this. They go, "This is so much food." It's not. It's calculated for your body weight. It's not a meal plan at all. But uh, if we undereat, our metabolism slows down accordingly. So the the old adage, what I've heard, I've heard from like it's the bro science thing. Just eat less and move more. Just you just got to burn more than you take in. It that is not just a one to one relationship. That's, and I've had people argue with me that I've done this almost twenty years. Like, guys, look, if it was that simple, it would be that simple. It's not quite that simple. So that's why we do have, there's a, a metabolic coefficient for each type of macronutrient, how it affects the, the endocrine system, and we need to be, oh, we need to go into that with eyes wide open. You don't have to be a scientist to know what scientists have come up with. 
Situation two yeah. may be you have no concept of what enough protein actually means. Huge. It used to, huge. It used to drive me nuts. When I go, hey, do you feel like you're getting enough protein? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I am. That is not a place a yes or no question belongs. So how much protein are you getting per day? Um, I'm getting enough. Do you have a number? No. How do I know if you're getting enough, right? So there, mm -hmm. it's easy. Look, most people that are training in athletic endeavors are not getting enough protein. And the signaling errors that causes the metabolism, you know, we could wax elastic about it. Wax elastic, that was no. a band's album in the 90s. <laughs> But you know what I mean? So the, the enough protein, and for women, number one. Uh, most women I've trained in, in 17 years, they will be so focused on the, they'll be focused on numbers, they're worried about a scale. They go, oh my God, when I was 18, I used to weigh 121 pounds, and now that I'm 37, I weigh 160, and I'm, I feel so terrible. Oh my God, I want to get back to being, you know, 121, maybe 115 pounds. What? But they'll, they'll fix it on that scale number. They'll never care about their body composition. The numbers to worry about are your protein, fat, and carbs. And feel good, look good, and operate well. So treat protein like money. Because I guarantee you, if you ask somebody how much money they're making, if they said enough and you then ask them for a number, they would know that number. Yep. Right? How much money you're making. Oh, I know exactly how much money I'm making, but I don't know how much I'm putting in my body. Right. It's the same thing. Like, imagine doing your checking account like that. I used to work at a bank, and I remember this older lady... Uh, her account was overdrawn by a couple hundred dollars and she wanted to write a check. And I'm like, I can't cash this check, ma'am. And she got mad at me. She's like, but I still have checks. I had to explain to her, I'm like, you don't have money in the account to draw the check on. So if I allowed you to cash this check, you'd be committing check fraud. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to call the cops on this lady. And so she gets mad and you know, thank God the branch manager was there and I could push her off. But it's the same way with your body. You go, yeah, but I just really want a donut. There, there's no reason I should have, shouldn't have a donut. I'm going to have a donut, and then I'm going to eat McDonald's. Screw the world. F the world, man. Two middle fingers up. Bad idea. Yeah. You don't have enough money in your account. Situation three, your body signals could be out of whack. What do you think that means? Body signals. Well, that could that could mean a lot of things. I'll go with a hormonal component. Yeah. So oftentimes what happens if... Most people, and here's what blows my whether it's paleo or ketogenic or uh, tracking macros, I'll have people that aren't tracking anything. You can look at them and tell. They, their body is not in a aesthetic state. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, uh, I heard that paleo is dangerous for you. Cutting out a whole food group. Bad for your kidneys. I've heard that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and you're looking at somebody that's guzzling Diet Cokes. You know, and a, a guy that's got man boobs and, you know, a 60-inch waist talking about what's bad for your kidneys. That person isn't being serious. So your signals are out of whack. If you are a man and you have boobs, unless you were transitioning, uh, that's something – something is not right and it's your fault usually 99% of the time. Or uh, your endocrine system's out of whack. You might have a disproportionate insulin response. How People develop type 2 diabetes. Yeah. They have insulin resistant or insulin dependent, but insulin resistant, you know, if I eat high carbs and snack cakes and soda my whole life or sweet tea. I have people that will like, I'll go, you need to drink unsweet tea. And the look they'll make is if I just stuck them with a needle. They'll go, oh, unsweet tea. <laughs> really? You ever been in the desert? You're so, I'm, I'm excited to get water that's not 110 degrees. You know, every time I've been overseas, I don't, I don't get it. But my experiences are not their experiences. Our job is to impart to them the importance of <laughs> it's okay to not drink 
uh, 18 teaspoons of sugar in your tea, you're not going to yeah. die. It's hard to beat cancer. It's not hard to drink unsweet tea. Right. Situation four, the final situation we see most commonly is you have a deadline to meet. Oh, yeah, this one's great. So you're going to go to the beach. you got a big trip coming up. Uh, what else? Like uh, I've done it with weightlifters qualifying for nationals. Um, anybody qualifying for weight-dependent sport, you know, or if you go, I have six weeks, I want to lose this much, or bodybuilder, figure competitor training for a show. That's, that's kind of what this was originally developed for, but it works for everybody. And but it's easy. It give you know when you start, when you finish, and like it gives you a distinctive beginning, middle, and end. And uh, there's so much. It's beautiful, beautiful thing. So before we get into our CrossFit Rustin and making humans better listeners, questions, I want to talk about something I saw in the news this week. Come on, and it's just ridiculous that we've gotten to this point, Evan. But uh, apparently, this is an actress or somebody. I don't even know her. Her name is Lucy Hale. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't figure it. Out. I, I don't know who she is either. But she posted a picture on Does Instagram. Does she have some deep thoughts on geopolitics and economics? Probably so. But that's actually not right. what we're going to date. Thank uh, God. She, her fan base is the one that uh, is the ones that were doing that. Uh, she posted a picture on Instagram of herself a long time ago, and it, it was at a beach. And you know, I guess she felt like she was, uh, or she weighed more then than she does now. Right? She's gotten in better shape. Oh, she's pretty. And, she was like, oh, I was so fat back then. They crucified her for calling herself fat. They made her apologize for quote-unquote body shaming Who herself. Did? The internet did, <laughs> is the headline we're seeing here. Yeah, this is on, this is on my favorite internet periodical <laughs> I bet that is. is known for nothing but journalistic integrity. Uh, Maybe not as high as CNN, but... Huffington Post. <laughs> Quote, the internet made Lucy Hale apologize for body shaming herself. Oh my God. You know what? Look, these people, I'm going to rant a little bit. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say some F words. These fucking people drive me crazy. They do nothing. All they do is complain and hate and ruin other people's lives. Look, if you are a person who gets on the internet behind the anonymity of a keyboard and says horrible things to other people because Lucy Hale's standard for herself may be higher for herself than yours is for you. She cares more about herself than you do. Look, just back off. There's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with her. She felt like she was fat and she wouldn't make a change. That is her body and her life. And for all these asshole feminists that pull that bullshit out, look, just do the right damn thing. That's a woman who has her own cognitive abilities and decided to make a decision and change her life and make it better. And you're not doing that. You want to tear her down for that. You need Jesus or you need something else. Stop being the crab in the bucket trying to pull the other crabs in, let the crabs climb out, do the right thing. Okay. Yeah, well, and I think their point was, hey, she's making everybody else feel bad who... They make was, themselves uh, feel bad. She's not making... No one can make you feel any way. Who was... Uh, who are, let's say, bigger than she was in that picture. Well, if she was so fat in that picture, what does that make them? Elephants, right? That's that's what they were upset about, and that, that makes no sense to me either. But, you know, in classic classical debate, uh, that's called reductio ad absurdium. It's reducing the argument to the most absurd end. Where it's if I go, hey, I think we could, uh, if we reduce Medicare spending by 1% over 10 years, we can reduce the budget outlay by this. And then somebody goes, you hate poor people and you want them to die. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's absurd. And then people go, no, 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 no. I don't want anybody to die. Uh, let's just leave it alone. Even though it might have been a great idea. You know, take that 1% and invest it in something else that would produce a better return and we could... But 
it's it's emotional reaction, and and I do feel that it is objectively evil to try to put your value system for your own self and your body on someone else. And like, but the same people that say that about her would get angry if someone said that she looked too big in that picture, right? Right. How dare you tell her that? Absolutely. She thought she looked too big, and she wanted to be smaller. That is her prerogative, as long as it, as long as she is healthy and safe. And she is. She's she, she looks very healthy. To me. I still don't know what movies she's been in. I'm looking at a video. Uh, Pretty, Little Pretty Little Liars. Oh yeah, yeah that's my show. favorite show. Is it? No. Huh. But look, these people, man. Look, here's why I don't look at stuff like that. The people that attack other people on the internet, and I will put my name right beside this. They are not brave. They are dangerous people, and they are out. They're cowards. They're mm-hmm. cowards. They don't have the balls or the stones or the or the courage to ever say these things to somebody's face or to actually help. If they thought she was that sick, private messenger and say, "Hey, Lucy, I, I I think you need some help. Here's here's a resource I've used." Those people just they want to make noise and hurt others, and they're those are actually dangerous people. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into our uh, questions from our CrossFit Rustin athletes and making humans better listeners. Uh, first today I want to share an experience I had with someone who was uh, Instagram messaging me I won't mention their name here but uh, they're having trouble with macros and they felt like they should cut down their carbs and add more protein because they were gaining weight in the first couple of weeks okay here's a question how many weeks let me let me check so realistically, if it's under six to eight weeks, and I do a range because not everybody's exact, if you've been on it for less than six to eight weeks, don't touch it. Hit your numbers exactly plus or minus five grams, as close to zero as you can get it. And then if we need to reevaluate after that time, then reevaluate. But at, I've met people four days in, they go, I don't see any results. And you, your question is, Really? Four days? It didn't take you four days to get here, so it's not going to take you four days to get there. Right, and this was actually only two weeks, it looks like. Okay, two weeks? Yeah, you're still good. Hold the course. Stay the course. It's Everybody here has used a GPS before. Uh, I have. And when you're using a GPS, and I'm very good at land navigation, where I, I figure out a grid coordinate, and I walk from one to the other, and I use a compass, and then I write out a, a plot point, and that's People get lost in that. I enjoy it. I was very good at it in the army. So it's the same way. You're walking. You're like, you have to trust your equipment. And I, I remember there was so much time. I'm, I'm walking in the middle of night in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, in a military school training to be a better soldier and sneak up on people and all that fun stuff. And then you just, you're, you got to trust your heading. I would shoot an azimuth at, at whatever star and walk towards that star. And I would fall down holes and I would run into trees and fall off ledges and I never broke anything but I always hit the target I was aiming at mm-hmm. and it's that's the analogy to use don't give up because you've taken a couple steps and you go it's not where I want it to be dude it's not going to be there in two weeks you got to wait six to eight weeks after that and we'll sit down and reevaluate it but trust the course part of the exercise here is learning to be disciplined enough to do something that you may not trust or want to do but be in control what I also found concerning, uh, other than the, the patient's factor, of course, like you said, you need to stay with it longer than that, was that he immediately jumped to carbs as the enemy. And he talks to me about this as well. He felt like carbs make you fat, 
why do I need so many carbs? But carbs do not make you fat. You need carbs to build muscle. Too many carbs will make you fat, but well, the right yeah, amount but of carbs. Yeah, but your number yeah. will not. Right. I, the bigger issue is that person has a little fear. I would reassure reassure him that, hey, man, give it two weeks. So I, I had a similar issue with a female who'd had struggled with weight issues for most of her adult life. Two weeks in, same exact thing. Oh, my God, I don't see any difference. What am I doing? The scale's not moving. And then six weeks later, she was down, uh, I think, four sizes and had lost over 10 pounds. Hmm. Not huge, but it was huge to her and it gave her hope. And now she's down even more. And that, just trusting it. There's a metabolic set point. For a lot of us, we need to repair our bodies and where they are currently. Mm-hmm by getting more congruent. It's just tightening up our shot group. Right. Ashley Smith uh, texts me about planning ahead for the week. Yeah. That's what she has an issue with, is uh, is not trying to figure out her macros last minute. She wants to plan ahead for the week. Yeah. Okay, too easy. So, planning ahead for the week. Everybody has at least one day or some time during the day. If you have time, let me find, let me f- figure this out real quick. Uh, everybody has time to to do this. So time wasters. It, you have 168 hours in a week, right? Right. Um. So if you're gonna sleep eight hours a night, which we'll assume you now stand at 126 total hours. Uh. What are you doing with the rest of your time? So you're working 40 hours a week. Let's take. 40 hours off that. I mean, it's it's absurd. So let's, let, let me run down the math. It's not absurd, but like, I think most of us haven't seen it. So 168 hours in a week. We're going to do 8 hours a night times 7. So I'm at 112 hours. Let's say we work 50 hours. You're still at 62 hours a week. So 62 hours is how many days? It's 2.5 days of extra time. Mm-hmm. Now... Some people do work 50 hours a week, and I personally do. However, I always have time to meal plan, meal prep, exercise, spend time with my kids, go to church, read the books I want to read, and occasionally watch TV, which that's the lowest priority on my list. If you, if we say in our heads 62 hours a week isn't enough to work, you go, but I have kids. I have kids. I make it a priority. When my, my kids will want my attention if they can get it and they're going to try to get it. But those 62 hours in a week, that is plenty of time for you to train eight hours a day or eight hours a week, you know, so minus eight from that, you're at 54 hours. And let's give you another, if you spent 10 hours a week food prepping and planning your menu, you still have 44 hours in a week left to plot uh, world domination. And you really don't need, but I'd say... Three hours in a week to get all your meals ready for that week. Maybe less than that. Uh, three hours a week to go grocery shop? Yeah, so let's figure hour hour and 30 minutes at the store. I mean, and then cook at, it and everything too, yeah. Yeah, but you know, the cool thing is they come out with some of these freezer meals that, uh, you know, you get your meat and your rice and your vegetables. Like a go-to I do is I'll get pork loins, throw them in the crock pot while I'm at work. Set a timer on my phone when the phone goes off. Uh, I'm close enough to my house where I can run home and get it. But if you put that joker on low, you can let it run. You know, or uh, there's some more sophisticated methods you guys can set up timers. What I never want people to do is to set up in their head 
the second when somebody goes, here's a problem, how do you solve it? And you go, I don't know. You've shut down your decision-making potential. It's one of the reasons with my kids or with staff when somebody says, how do I do this? I don't show them exactly how to do it. I show them just enough to get started. And then I go, what else would you do next? We need to learn through experience. And if somebody just gives us the answer, we take it away. So the answer to this question, which I will give it to you, is make yourself plan it. So when we go, I don't have time to blank, unless you are running three companies, which some of us on this podcast are, you have time to do it. I have time to do it, and I'm running three businesses. Well, Evan, that's all the time we've got today. So anything else you'd like to add real quick? No. Uh, just care, care more about your body than other people do, and it will always pay you dividends. There's nothing selfish about taking care of yourself. With the you can't the reason we put an oxygen mask on in a plane is we if we fall out the person next to us is going to die so put your own oxygen mask on eat healthier track what you're eating because if you're not tracking it you can't change it mobility and you what does that even mean we're going to tell you next week on making humans better it'll be here next Friday on iTunes and SoundCloud until then keep on shining bright like Rick Diamond and Evan Durr. All right, let's go get it. Making humans better.